brothers and sisters in God's family. This is a picture of Emmett Till and his mother. They lived here in Chicago, and uh, when Emmett was 14 years old, uh, he went down to Money, Mississippi to visit some family. This was um, summer of 1955. And while down there, he and some of his cousins went to a local small grocery store. And what happened in the grocery store isn't exactly known. He had some interaction with um, the wife of the owner, and before he left, he whistled. Later that week, the husband of that woman, Roy Bryant, and his brother got up early in the morning, two o'clock or so, with a gun, and went to the house where Emmett was staying with his relatives. They got everyone up in the house, demanded to have that boy from Chicago. The great aunt that the mom and the family uh, offered money if they just went away, but they wouldn't. They threatened the, the dad, the great uncle, that if he said anything to anyone, he wouldn't see his next birthday. And so they grabbed Emmett, the 14-year-old, kidnapped him, bound him, brutally beat him, shot him in the head, and dropped him in a local river. Three days later, um, they found his body. Emmett's mom boldly decided to um, have Emmett's casket an open casket at the funeral in Chicago. Pictures were taken of that open casket, and it spread around the United States, starting um, to show what some black Americans had been experiencing for a long time. There was a trial. Uh, Roy Bryant and his brother were put on trial. It was an all-white jury. There actually had been some eyewitnesses that could testify that Emmett was in uh, a barn owned by one of the brothers, and they heard screaming and, and beating, but those eyewitnesses happened to be um, conveniently arrested by the local sheriff and put in jail to prevent them from testifying in the trial. During the trial, Emmett's uh, great-uncle, who was in that house, uh, stood up and gave testimony and actually pointed directly at the defendants and said, those were the guys that kidnapped Emmett. And, and the two gentlemen uh, admitted they kidnapped Emmett. The verdict went to the jury to decide, and they came back in just over an hour with not guilty. One of the jurors even um, mentioned afterwards that it, they would have come earlier with a verdict, it's just they took a break to drink some pop. A year after the trial, those two men actually admitted in a magazine article that they had killed Emmett, but they were never convicted of that murder and even of the kidnapping, which they did freely admit. Emmett Till is buried not far from here, 
Oak Hill Cemetery in Alsip. How do you, how do you react when you hear something like that? The, the injustice of something like that, it, it, it can cause you, your blood to boil. The verdict that was handed down in this murder case, complete injustice, a, a scandal. And that's what this sermon series is, is, is scandal. And, and today we're looking at a scandal in a trial Specifically, the scandal of a verdict. And if you think of a verdict in a trial case where, where it is scandalous, usually there, there are any number of reasons that we might look at it that way. What, what makes something a, a scandal? Well, there's overwhelming evidence against what the final verdict actually was. There's deliberate choices. The guilty go free and the innocent are punished. Those are all true of Emmett Till's murder case. And those are also true with Jesus. And so we're going to use these four points kind of like an outline today. And see how the verdict handed to Jesus was just as scandalous. And yes, there was overwhelming evidence. You know, in American judicial system... We, we, we say that someone is assumed, presumed innocent until proven otherwise. And so there needs to be a strong, solid evidence that someone is guilty. Otherwise, they are considered not guilty. With Jesus, there was a lot of evidence, but it all pointed to his innocence. It is a travesty of injustice if all the evidence lines up for innocence, but they are declared not guilty. The evidence was clear. Now, the, the religious leaders, they, they had, um, they, they had their, their, their trial in the Sanhedrin through, throughout the, the middle of the night, but they couldn't, they couldn't carry out a death sentence, so they had to take it to the Roman governor. This is a, a, a occupied land. And the Roman governor in the Roman system was also like the, the supreme judge for the, the severe cases. So they brought it to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. The, the, the Jewish leaders, they, they, they threw accusation after accusation after accusation. No evidence, just accusation after accusation. Pilate, as the, the judge, he, he listened to those accusations. He, he asked for clarification. He heard the answers. And... And by the way, this was in open court. Romans were very big on making sure everything was open. Everything was, was just. This is how the Gospel of Luke puts it. Whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You've said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against the man. 
Pilate heard the evidence, really clear, he is not guilty. And that should have been it. That was the verdict. But there were also deliberate choices that had been made. Uh, the, the religious leaders, the, those uh, experts in the law, the, the Pharisees, they, they tried to paint Jesus deliberately like a, a, a terrorist. This is what they said. They insisted he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and have come all the way here. They purposefully, consciously made a decision to lie. And Pontius Pilate also made a conscious decision. He heard that Jesus was from Galilee. He knew that Herod was in the area. He sent Jesus off to Herod. Now, Herod and Pilate, they're not of the same rank, but they're both rulers over areas. Uh, Herod was, was in the northern section, and Pilate was there by Jerusalem. And so he sends Jesus over to Herod. And Herod, this is exactly what he wanted. Herod did his own little trial, if you will. It says he plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. They're accusing him again and again, but still no evidence. Well, eventually, Herod didn't find anything wrong, so he sent him back to Pontius Pilate. And um, that's when we also see, ultimately, a guilty man goes free. Herod had sent uh, Jesus over to Pilate. Pilate said, okay, I've examined him in your presence, have found no basis for charges against him, neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Okay. Herod sent him back. He didn't find anything wrong. Pontius Pilate says, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, that Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. He's not guilty. And by the way, when you have political rivals agreeing on something, you know it has to be true. But then Herod, or, sorry, Pilate did um, try to make a compromise. Okay, he's not guilty, but I'll punish him and then set him free. That didn't appease that crowd. And this is where Barabbas comes in. Now, this is how the Bible describes Barabbas. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for insurrection in the city and for murder. Today, in our terminology, we would call Barabbas a domestic terrorist. And in whatever terrorism he did, he committed murder. And if you think of domestic terrorists today, someone who... Um, maybe is, is a suicide bomber. or they, they, they tend to make these videos of them before they do it. They fully admit to it. In fact, they want people to know who they are and, and what they did. That is Barabbas. Barabbas is not the type of person who's going to try to plead not guilty and, and see if he can get off free. He wants to be known. He wants people to know what he did. He's proud of this murder. Okay, this is not the kind of guy you want walking on the street. And yet, that's what the people yelled for. They wanted Barabbas, the, the, the guy who is truly guilty, set free. 
It was a scandal that Emmett Till's murderers went off free. A scandal that Barabbas went free. But that happened because the innocent was punished. Third time, Pilate spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. Now, if you've been keeping count, this is the fourth verdict that was given to Jesus. Pilate had given three, Herod had given one, and all those four were not guilty. There was no evidence of Jesus' guilt. And yet, the crowd pushed back. With loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed, so Pilate decided to grant their demand. This fifth, this final verdict canceled all the others. Four verdicts of not guilty, now guilty for death. You know, in American justice system, sometimes you'll see a, a, a statue like this, justice personified and, and holding those old scales that, that balance it, that, the idea of, of in court, you, you try to balance what is true, and, and notice that she is blindfolded. The idea is supposed to be that, that justice is blind, that, that it doesn't look or isn't influenced by a, a person's position or how wealthy they are or about by their, their skin color, that, that nothing about the person influences justice except just the truth. Justice was not blind when it came to Jesus. Because Pilate was absolutely influenced by anything but the truth. And so the verdict is handed down guilty. Now we could end right there and we would be upset by the injustice affected by maybe a move to to social action but it wouldn't change us. You see there is one more verdict we need to look at. A, A verdict for us. And there is overwhelming evidence against us. Evidence that wasn't made up, evidence that isn't half true, evidence that isn't uh, accused that by, by people, evidence that we've done. Sin. The things we've said, the things we've done, even our thoughts, even our attitudes, that sin piles up day after day, moment by moment. And there is overwhelming evidence for our guilt. Because there have been conscious decisions. We've purposely decided to send that text. To say those things to another person. To, to, to label other people and look down at other people because that makes us feel better about ourselves. It, we have consciously decided to sin. And yet God has consciously decided also to send Jesus. 
Jesus purposely chose to go to that cross and stay there. Love for us is what kept Jesus on that cross. And that meant then, the guilty go free. You and I are declared not guilty, forgiven, pardoned, set free because the innocent was punished. Christ, who who had no sin in himself, became sin for us on the cross. Isaiah 53 puts it this way. He poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Christ the innocent was punished so that you and me, the guilty, would go free. My friends, we are pardoned, forgiven. It doesn't matter what someone else says about us. It doesn't matter what other label they give us or verdict they give us. It doesn't matter what label or verdict we give ourselves. What Christ did on the cross means we are loved and forgiven. What's the verdict, that lab- the label that God gives us? Loved, forgiven, pardoned, set free, and that label cancels all the others. My friends, that is a scandal, but an absolutely good one. One that is worth sharing one that is worth living. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you that you, completely innocent though you were, took on the burden of our sin from us so that we, the guilty, would be declared innocent forgiven, loved. Lord, help us um, to um, not look down on others, not to label or, or, or judge others or give others a verdict, but always help us, Lord, to, to share your love, your declaration, your verdict of free, forgiven, and set free. We ask this in your name, Lord. Amen.